The Old Testament reading for the 22nd Sunday after Trinity is from Isaiah chapter 6, beginning at the fourth verse. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. For the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. The epistle is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. 
but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those maidens rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, Perhaps there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Peace and mercy of our Lord be with you. Amen. Good morning. I would like to thank Pastor Parsons and uh, Pastor Lehman and the Board of Elders, the congregation, for giving myself and Sarah Christian and Mr. James Pindris is also here from Pablo to the opportunity to be here this morning. Also to conduct workshops yesterday and also the opportunity to talk to pastors uh, on the Winkle on Tuesday morning. I'm so blessed to be here. I would also like to thank you as the congregation for supporting the ministries of Pablo. We received your support and we are so grateful. You are, in, you are encouraging, strengthening, and enabling us to go out and share the gospel message with those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we thank you for that. I was born and raised in Pakistan, and after my completion of my engineering, I was hired by Halliburton Group of Companies, placed in Saudi Arabia, where I spent 17 years of my life. I was also involved in underground church plant in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia. And then in 1993, the then first vice president of the Synod, Reverend Dr. August Maneke, invited me that we are starting People of the Book Lutheran Outreach, and we would like you to join. I resigned from my job. I came to North America, and that's now 26 years the Lord is using us. We started from the basement of Atonement Lutheran Church in Dearborn, Michigan, but now we are in eight districts of LCMS with full-time workers. In some districts, we are in multiple locations, and Lord has blessed us. We are also starting eight new mission fields across America, and we have a whole network of international friendship centers. We have 33 of them already started in America, and we are working on starting another 18 by the end of this year. Lord has blessed us immensely with baptisms, and people are coming to the body of Christ, uh, and we thank the Lord for using us as going out missionaries to those that world which does not know him as Lord and Savior. I would like to confess with you one thing today, 
that I cannot possibly change my accent. You might have to shift your hearing senses with me a little bit. Uh, I preach almost every year at St. John Seward, Nebraska. I was there this year also with Pastor Bruick. But I was there about 17 years ago for the first time, and I said the same thing. I want to confess with you that I can't possibly change my accent. When I was shaking hands with all the saints leaving the sanctuary, one lady walked up to me, shook her hands with me, and said, Do your roots go to Germany? I said, No. She said, well, you sounded like a German in your accent. I said, well, thanks for your compliments. I'm blessed by three children. They say children look up to the dads. I have to look up to my children. And why I say that, I have got a daughter who is a nurse by profession, and she is as tall as her mama. Mama was uh, six feet tall. Uh, by saying was, it does not mean that after she married me, her height was cut short. But she actually increased in her height, in 2005, at the age of 42, after her two years fight with breast cancer, Lord didn't want her to suffer anymore. So he took her home to be with him forever. Uh, I've got a son who is 6'2", and he's a CPA, and he works in Chrysler headquarters. I have to look up to him, too. And the youngest son, who is mama's baby, uh, Sean, he graduated from Concordia Macma with a doctor of pharmacy degree and works with Walgreens as a pharmacist. He is 6'5", so I have to look up to him too. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord is leading me to many places, and he is leading each and every missionary of Pablo to go to many places and share the gospel message, and also to challenge our brothers and sisters in Christ to empower us, to guide us, to strengthen us, and to lead us. And we are, thank you, because they are the ones who are actually sending us out to share the gospel message to the dying world which does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Coming back to today's gospel message, since it's a communion worship, I would like to get back to the gospel message today. The topic of today's gospel message is redeemed, refreshed, prepared, and ready. We are going to look at several religions, three religions, major religions on this earth, other than Christianity, how do they prepare themselves for their eventual goal in life? We are also going to look at how a Christian is ready and prepared to meet the Lord. There are three major religions on the face of this earth apart from Christianity. Each one of them has over a billion followers. Buddhism, the main character, came with one message. I know the way. I can lead you to the right way. In order for you to reach the eventual goal in your life, to reach the state of nirvana, where your mortal path is blocked and you are at the same level as the supreme being, you have to worship all kinds of spirit and do all kinds of rituals. Islam came and their main character said he knows the truth, he can lead the people to the truth. In order to reach your eventual goal in your lives, you have to follow the five pillars of this faith and also do all the rituals in, in order to reach your eventual goal. Then came Hinduism and their main, main character said, I know the life, I know the systems of life and I can lead you to the life. Life comes in seven different circles. There is reincarnation, there is rebirth and you come back to the earth again and again. 
until you reach the state of moksha or mokti. In order to do that, you have to worship zillion deities and also do all kinds of rituals, serve the pundits and the gurus and the swamis until you reach the state of moksha or mukti and then you disperse in the universe. Our Lord Jesus Christ came and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. This is what people of the book Lutheran Outreach is doing, going out to this world who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior and giving this message that Jesus is the only true way, he is the only truth, and he is the life. We prepare ourselves as human beings on this earth in many ways. And throughout our life, our preparation goes on. When a new child is coming in a brand new couple's house, when they're a new couple that's this first child, and many parents have gone through, you prepare yourselves for the arrival of the new baby. You prepare your house, you prepare a room and a crib for the child. You buy all kinds of equipment and items that you need. You even go to a counseling class or ask the seniors what and what not to do. And when the child is born, the child is prepared at every stage of life. And then for the child to go to a daycare facility or a, or a nursery. A child is being prepared there to go to a kindergarten or a preschool. And at that stage, the child is being prepared to go to a, a primary or a junior school or a middle high or, or a high school. At high school, they're given certain curriculum so that they can go to a college. In the college, they do all kinds of prerequisites to go to a university. The purpose is that at every stage, the child is being prepared and made ready for the next level. At the university, the child is being prepared for a professional school. They might want to become a teacher, a lawyer, or a, a professor, or a doctor, or an engineer. And even if they have finished their professional school, they're still being prepared. They have to go through the internship. They have to go through the, the residency, the house job, and all kinds of trainings in order to work on that job. And it's still not finished. And they are being prepared at every level for the next level. From a school teacher to a principal, from a policeman, from a watchman to a police officer, from a lawyer to a judge, from an amateur player to a professional player, at every stage a person is being prepared. I don't like flying, especially after 911 when you are profiled with the name Farooq Mehdi Khan. But I don't have a choice. If the master wants me to go, he will have me swallowed by a fish and spit me on the shore and still have me go. Have you ever noticed how much it takes for a pilot, an airline pilot, to be ready and prepared to fly an aircraft with two to three hundred passengers in it? After going through all the vigorous medical examination, which includes your heart murmur test, your vision test, your hearing test, and doing all the courses that you need as prerequisites, you are admitted to a flying school. In the flying school, you go through a whole set of trainings. 
the instrument flying, the night flying, the safe navigation techniques flying. And when you have done all your trainings, then you are allowed to fly an aircraft. From the smallest to the largest, you have to work out 1,500 hours in order to appear before the Federal Aviation Authority for a flying license. And even if you have received the flying license, you're still not ready. You have to fly an aircraft with 15 to 25 hours without a passenger. And even if you have done that, you're still not ready and prepared. You might be hired by an airline like Delta Airlines. You have to be indoctrinated by the procedure and codes they use. You have been trained on the aircrafts that they fly. Our Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel portion is also talking today about preparation and being ready and prepared. Through this parable, he's sharing the role of those ten virgins who came out to join the bridegroom to be in the banquet. And what we see, there are five wise virgins and there are five unwise virgins. We do not need to waste our time on those unwise virgins. But what do we understand from the role of those five wise virgins who came to meet the bridegroom? What we see that they were prepared and they were ready. What we see that they even brought an extra flask of oil with them just in case the bridegroom is delayed. We see that they were focused. We see that they were ready. And we see that they had every intention to be in the banquet when the bridegroom arrives. And the 10th verse is the key verse in this whole lesson where it says, the Lord is saying that those who were ready, they went in. The question comes in mind, are we ready? Is the church ready to share the gospel with those who are not ready? Are the people around us who live in our neighborhoods ready? The scripture is saying that you do not know the hour or the day when the Son of Man is going to arrive. You must be ready. It doesn't say you may be ready. It doesn't say you shall be ready. Or you be at ease and get ready. It says you must be ready. I want to draw your attention to another portion in the Gospel of Matthew's 26th chapter where Jesus is about to face a crowd which is going to come and arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he wants to go and pray to his father. And he takes his three disciples with him, Peter, James, and John. And he instructs them, stay here and keep the watch. When somebody has got a doctor's appointment and he brings or she brings the child to your house and says, please watch over my child, I have a doctor's appointment. When I come back, I'll get, grab it. You don't, don't throw the toys in front of the child or put up a cartoon video and go and do your chores in the house. You stay there, you stay alert, you stay awake, and you watch the child just in case. But when our Lord returns, what does he find? The disciples were sleeping. And he wakes them up, and this time he gives them an assignment. Not only to stay here, not only to be alert and keep the watch, but to pray while I go and pray to my father. And when he returns back, what does he find? This is what the Lord says. Are you still sleeping? 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord is asking his church on earth, are we awake? Are we alert? Are we on the watch or are we still sleeping? There are people dying around us who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. We also read our epistle lesson today where in 2 Timothy's fourth chapter, Paul is not only talking to his son Timothy, but he's also talking to the church at large. And he says, be prepared in season and out of the season. We Christians are very seasonal people. We do things according to the seasons, myself included. We start in our church life with the Advent season and we decorate our houses, we decorate our churches, we buy gifts for our loved ones, we put up a Christmas tree and we gear up for the Christmas. I do the same. Then New Year comes and goes and then Epiphany comes and we start the walk as John the Baptist did and we prepare. Then comes the Lenten period and we gear up towards the Passion of Christ week. Good Friday comes and Easter Sunday comes and then we slow down. And then summers come, we slow down even further. Then comes September and October, we gear up for missions. And then we get ready for the big turkey dinner for our Thanksgiving. We are seasonal people, but what Paul is saying, we must be ready to share the gospel message in season and out of the season. I watched this old movie called Troy, where all the enemy forces had gathered around Troy and the countdown is about to happen. And Nestor, who was the counselor for the Greek generals, he gathered all the generals and lined them up and he delivered his speech, final speech. And the last words of his speech were, the secret in victory is in getting good ready. The secret in Christian life and victory is also being good ready, being prepared, being noble for for being ready for the noble task ahead, be useful to the master. And he's looking us as, at us as Christians. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I remember our son Sean, the youngest one who used to be year big, now he's about year big. When he was about to start his school, he would not wake up. My wife Sabrina, she had the hardest time in waking him up in the morning. And many mothers do face the same. She would shake him, wake him, he would not get up. She would hold him by the arm and almost drag him to the washroom. She would cleanse him, clothe him, and bring him back to the breakfast, down to the breakfast table. He loved having chocolate milk and French toast in the morning. He's sitting at the table, he's half asleep and half awake. And Sabrina is holding the fork. Here comes the first bite. He's not even swallowed the first one. Here comes the second one. And no sooner he finished his cup of milk, she holds him by the arm, puts him in the van and goes off the, to school. On the way to school, she's talking to him about his favorite teachers, about his friends in the school, about the activities they do, the snowman, the merry-go-round, the seesaw. By the time Sean reached the school, he was absolutely ready for the day's task. We just saw... What does it take for these religions on the earth to reach their eventual goal? All kinds of ritual they are doing 
making their way to heaven by earning good. What does it take for a Christian to be ready and prepared to face the Lord? Or to be in the banquet, heavenly banquet? We read a wonderful story, Pastor read to us from the Old Testament, one of my favorite portions in the Bible. Book of Isaiah, it's sixth chapter, verses four through eight, four verses. These four verses have everything in it. We see Isaiah, he sees the Lord Almighty, and he sees that he is sinful, and he is confessing his sin. We see the confession. We see his guilt and confession, and then we see the atonement. And then we see the Lord sending. He says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and I've seen the Lord Almighty. He's scared to death that he's going to die. But then the angel of the Lord flew to the Lord's altar and picked up a live coal with the help of tongs and comes and touches the lips of Isaiah. And the seventh verse is the key verse in this whole lesson where the angel speaks. And the angel says, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what did Isaiah do for his guilt to be taken away and his sins to be atoned for. Nothing. Zero. He did not do anything. Lord did everything on the cross of Calvary. He paid for the sins of the whole world on that cross. And he made us ready. This gift of faith that we carry in our hearts is a gift from him. He's pouring grace after grace on us. In our baptism, as Dr. Martin Luther says, the old man drowns and the new man comes out. We are a new creation. When we open our scriptures to read, he pours his grace on us. We just said our confession of sins and pastor through absolution assured us about his grace and forgiveness. And brothers and sisters in Christ, when we come to the Holy Communion, he feeds us, he nourishes us, and he refreshes us through the Holy Communion. He makes us worthy of his table. Brothers and sisters in Christ, where our Lord has done everything for us, where our Lord has done everything to us, where our Lord continues to do everything around us, where our Lord has done everything before us, where our Lord has done everything within us, where our Lord continues to do everything in our lives, every day of our life. He's again looking at the saints in the pews and he's saying, whom shall I send? Are we ready to say along with Isaiah, here I am, send me, send me. The good news is this, that he is still bringing this live coal to touch the lips of those who are not ready for the heavenly banquet. But this time he's not looking at the angels, he's looking at the saints in every pew of every Christian church of today's age. That they may go and touch the lips of someone in their whole lifetime with the gospel message. So they can also be part of the heavenly banquet. And while we are doing that, our Lord is assuring each one of us by saying, Go my children with my blessings, never alone. May the Lord bless you. May he use you mightily. May he give you the courage to go and touch the lips of someone who is still not ready for the heavenly banquet.
so they can also be part of this banquet. Amen.